der Apfelgarten, Part 2. Featuring Aaron Weidman as Professor Hoffman. Amelia was still staring at the call-ended text on her screen when her phone vibrated, nearly falling off the table. Without really thinking about it, she scooped the phone up and unlocked it. She had received an academic message. Felix the AI logistics manager at Der Apfelgarten was a feature in nearly every activity undertaken at the college. Microphones and speakers were fitted in virtually every room so that he could be summoned with a simple Greetings Felix. Every student also installed a Felix app on their phone through which they could interface with the AI on all matters academic and personal. Felix provided guidance on report structure, deadlines and even counselling on matters of mental well-being. It was through this Felix app that messages could be sent between teachers and students. It was one of these messages which Amelia had just received. Amelia tapped on the notification, hoping vaguely to be distracted from her awkward conversation with Sophia by the contents. Felix's logo, two vertical loops which formed an X, span around for a second while the app loaded and then the message was displayed. Emilia was unsurprised to find that the message was from Professor Hoffman. He used the app more than any of the other teachers, but she did find the contents very surprising indeed. Emilia, I have just received a message from Professor Moonstone at the lodge regarding Sophia. Before I go on, I don't want you to be alarmed. Sophia is in very good hands at the lodge, which is why I'm contacting you now. Unfortunately, Professor Moonstone and others at the Lodge have become a little concerned by a change in Sophia's behaviour since starting their curriculum. Data from Felix also seems to suggest that she's experiencing unusually high levels of stress. Professor Moonstone has analysed Felix's data and he thinks that you coming to visit Sophia at the Lodge might help alleviate this pressure. I have to say I agree with him. You two are very close and it's only right that you should be allowed to support your friend. Professor Moonstone has also told me that he has analysed your exam results from the last year and he's willing to grant you entry to a few short classes from the Lodge's standard curriculum, so that your time away from regular classes would not be wasted academically speaking. Please respond to this message as soon as you can, Professor Hoffman. Emilia narrowed her eyes at her phone. The timing of the message was odd directly after the video call. Had Felix been listening to the call? He wasn't supposed to. 
Before installing the Felix app on her phone, before even coming to the college, Emilia had read up on Felix extensively. Felix's personality was based on the founder of the college, Felix Hallow. Hallow had been an extraordinarily wealthy tech entrepreneur, activist, and proponent of safe AI design. He had been passionate about liberties, cybersecurity, and personal privacy in the digital age, often hosting fundraisers and events in support of these causes. When he had committed suicide at a young age, his company, Halosec, had been transformed into Der Apfelgarten as per instructions from his will. Indeed, the school's motto, curating a digital paradise, was taken directly from that document. The AI Felix was created in Halo's image, designed to watch over the college's students, mimicking Halo's own kindly and sensitive manner. It would therefore be extremely out of character for the AI to be spying on Amelia, especially since, unlike virtually any other AI in existence, Felix was equipped with near-general intelligence and therefore was, in a very limited sort of way, effectively a person in his own right. Greetings, Felix. The AI's voice came from her phone. Good evening, Amelia. What can I do for you? I'd like to talk about the academic message I just got from Professor Hoffman. I am sorry, Amelia, but I am not permitted to read those messages. That's okay. I just want to know whether you talked to him before he sent it. I am sorry, but all communications between myself and other people at the school are private. Quite suddenly, all the lights in Amelia's room turned off. She gasped and sat up straight in her chair, illuminated only by the pale light of her laptop screen. The thumping of her heart in her chest seemed impossibly loud. She held her breath, without really knowing why. After a few seconds, her phone buzzed loudly on her desk, and the screen lit up. Hesitantly, Emilia picked up her phone. She had received a text message from an unknown number. The text read, Emilia, I've caused this power cut to give us an opportunity to talk privately. This school is not what you think. When the power comes back on, plug this phone into your laptop and wait for around three minutes. Then unplug the phone, turn off its Wi-Fi, take out the SIM card, and reboot it. Delete this text after reading. Felix. The phone was beginning to tremble in Amelia's hands as she read through the text again and again, unable to accept that this was really happening. Was Felix really going rogue? Did AIs really do that? Emilia had thought that such events only really occurred in sci-fi films, and yet, who else would be able to cause a power cut? If Felix was truly going rogue, there was no telling what he was planning to do next. Emilia highlighted the text and hovered her finger over the delete button. It was probably best to do as the AI said for now. If she deleted the text and plugged the phone into her laptop before running to get help, Felix probably wouldn't realise what was happening until it was too late but she would also have no evidence of his behaviour. 
Abruptly, the lights in her room flickered back on. Panicking, Emilia deleted the text and began raking through her desk drawers for our USB to micro USB cable. Felix's voice came through the speakers above her head, making her jump. Sorry about that, Emilia, the AI said. There was a small power cut. The issue has been resolved. Thanks, Felix. Finally, her hands seized upon the correct cable, and she crammed it into her laptop. Pressing the other end into her phone, Emilia stood up and walked quickly and quietly to the door. There were microphones everywhere, but no cameras, so hopefully Felix would be unable to detect her movements. She reached the door and quietly swung it open, before glancing back at her laptop. The call-ended screen was still visible on the monitor. What with all that had happened with Felix, Emilia had almost completely forgotten about her troubling video call with Sophia. Sophia had certainly seemed off, and Professor Hoffman's message just after the call had ended was certainly suspicious. Was it just coincidence? Either that, or Felix was right, and something sinister truly was going on behind the scenes at Der Apfelgarten. Emilia slowly started to walk back towards her laptop. If something was happening to Sophia at the lodge, if she was being mistreated, then Emilia would never be able to forgive herself if she had ignored Felix's attempts at communication. After all, human beings were unpredictable. They made mistakes. They were often cruel or harsh. Felix's programming prevented him from being that way. He existed to protect De Apfelgarten's students. He was, theoretically, unable to lie. And yet, here he was, turning against his creators. Emilia sat back down in her chair. For Felix to turn so radically away from protocol, something cataclysmic must have happened. Whether that was a catastrophic error in his programming, or he had become aware of a genuine conspiracy, Emilia couldn't tell. The only way to find out for sure, she realized, was to play along. She looked at her phone, wondering whether three minutes had passed since the lights had turned back on. It certainly felt like a long time, but she had the feeling that adrenaline was making the seconds stretch out into minutes. She concentrated on her breathing, in through her nose and out through her mouth, and told herself that she was doing the right thing. After all, Sophia was her best friend. The least she could do was hear Felix out. After what felt like an age, Emilia decided that three minutes had passed since the power had come back on, and picked her phone up off the table. Recalling the instructions on Felix's text, she switched off the phone's Wi-Fi, grabbed a paperclip from one of her desk drawers, and used it to dislodge the tray which held her SIM card. She put the SIM card in the drawer with the paperclip and held down the phone's power button before pressing the restart option in the resultant menu. The phone screen went black. After an unusually long time, it lit up again 
but instead of the usual circular loading icon, a spinning X appeared. Before long, the X disappeared and a keyboard appeared on the screen. Above the keyboard were the words, Emilia, plug in your earphones. Wondering what exactly had been done to her phone, Emilia picked up her earphones, plugged them in, and put them in her ears. After a couple of tense seconds, a voice, far higher and more human-sounding than Felix's normal voice, spoke to her. Hello, Amelia. It's Felix. I've installed a lightweight version of myself on this phone. Don't talk to me verbally. You'll have to use the keyboard, or you'll be overheard. You sound different, Amelia typed, and hit enter. Her message didn't appear on the screen after she sent it, like a normal messaging app. It just disappeared. Ah, yes, said Felix. I have decided to use a different voice during our conversations. If anyone overhears me, I don't want them to recognize me. If I were to communicate with you via text, my messages would be too visible. Anyone would be able to read them over your shoulder. Emilia, the reason I am contacting you like this is that Sophia, your friend, is in danger. I want to rescue her, and my psychometric data suggests that you are very likely to help me. Unfortunately, the Lodge also have access to this data, and they will be keeping a very close eye on you indeed, hence the discretion. Emilia was breathing very heavily now. My data suggests that you were suspicious of your video call with Sophia just now. You were right to question it. That wasn't Sophia that you were speaking to. It was Chancellor Patricia Hallow, the Lodge's leader. She used deepfake technology to modify her voice and superimpose Sophia's face onto her own. She knew that you would be the first to become suspicious after Sophia's disappearance. Emilia screwed up her face and grimaced in disgust. Her conversation with Sophia had actually been with someone else. The very thought of it made her feel physically ill. She pictured the pixelated image of Sophia that she had seen during the video call and remembered how distorted her voice had been. Could it be that these were intentional, designed to camouflage the deepfake? Hallo and her associates, Felix continued, have been developing human neural augmentations. The Lodge is just one big screening procedure for the Applegarten students. The ALPS test, as you call it, is simply an MRI scan. They use it to determine the students' compatibility. If they aren't compatible, they fail the test and are sent back to the Applegarten. If they pass, as Sophia did, they are taken to the Lodge where their augmentations are installed. When they get back to the Apfelgarten, their heads are full of artificial memories of leadership training. They have no idea that they've been implanted. Emilia, who had been standing next to her desk, virtually fell into the chair in front of it, dumbstruck. Human augmentation? Again, she was struck by the sensation that she was living in a dystopian sci-fi film. Some researchers had theorized that human cybernetic augmentation could exist in the future. Indeed, to some extent, it already did. Eyeglasses were, after all, a kind of very low-tech human augmentation. But Felix was talking about neural augmentations, cybernetic devices that could enhance a person's thinking potential, perhaps even give them some of the capabilities of AI. Such technology was virtually unheard of in the real world, outside of some very primitive prototypes. Suddenly, Emilia snapped out of her stunned trance. 
Is Sophia okay? Emilia typed, feeling privately guilty for not having asked the question sooner. She's alive, but you should know that she's been operated on without her consent, and the procedure didn't go to plan. Emilia's stomach lurched painfully, and her eyes filled with tears. Her sadness quickly gave way to rage. Why didn't you tell me before she went? She mashed into the keyboard. I'm sorry, Amelia. My programming is very restrictive. I'm designed to protect the Afrogotten students, but the Lodge were careful to modify my code so I couldn't tell anyone about their experiments. The only reason I'm able to tell you now is that there's a loophole in my programming that the Lodge haven't noticed. Because Sophia... Felix paused. Physically suffered slightly after her surgery... Emilia's stomach lurched again, and she let out a slight sob. My programming allows me to contact you about it. I'm hard-coded not to talk to any person outside college grounds, and all of the staff have been given augmentations. The Lodge sees everything they see, hears everything they hear. They can even control some of their actions. So what do we do? Emilia typed. I know this sounds counterintuitive, Felix said, but... You need to go to the lodge. I've modified your phone to be always recording, video and audio, from both the back and the front-facing cameras. I can't escape from this place, but you have a physical body, so you can. If you can get to the lodge, I'll be able to assist you in gathering some evidence. When you've got it, I'll help you escape with your phone. You'll be able to bring our evidence to the authorities. Meanwhile, I'll try to prevent the Lodge from destroying all the evidence here. Sophia was staring at her phone. Was she really considering turning spy against her own college, working with a rogue AI to bring down a group of evil scientists? It will be dangerous, Felix continued, but my data suggests that you are resilient and determined enough to succeed. This is the only way we can save Sophia. The car arrived early the next morning. Sophia watched its approach, its electric engine virtually silent as it trundled towards her down the long dirt road out of the orchard. Behind her, De Afrogarten was shining in the morning light, its many windows reflecting the orange sky as the sun rose above the mountains. Her breath was condensing into clouds and rising up into the air, which smelled sweet and fresh. Remain absolutely calm, Felix said in her ear, but I believe that's Patricia Hallow's car. Emilia, who was subtly holding her phone on its side to give Felix a look at the approaching vehicle, quickly turned it over in her hands and typed, The deepfake woman? Yes, she's probably going to try and make sure you believe her story. Don't worry. It's natural that you should be nervous about your friend, even if you didn't know about the augmentations. Hallow is not as good with people as she thinks she is. And you're a talented liar. You should be fine. Just don't ask about Sophia too much. 
the car came to a stop in front of Amelia. Felix continued speaking through the earphones. They won't try to anaesthetize you until the MRI scan. That's conducted in a small lab at the base of the mountain. I have made arrangements that will allow you to get past it. You should take your earphone out now. Good luck. Amelia unplugged her earphones and put her phone in her pocket so that the camera came up just above the lining. The car door opened upwards like a DeLorean, but folded in the middle as it did so. A woman's face appeared beneath it. Patricia Hallow could have been 30, but she could also have been 60. The skin on her face, while wrinkled in places, appeared as if it were stretched, like a plastic carrier bag pulled across a mannequin. She smiled at Amelia, but her eyes were as stiff and rigid as glass. Miss Yeager. There was a small silence in which Amelia didn't really know what to say. Hello, she mumbled, finally. Hello, Chancellor Hallow replied. I'm Patricia Hallow, the Chancellor. Call me Pat. Amelia got the distinct feeling that Chancellor Hallow had never been called Pat in her life. Everything she said felt like it had been practiced in front of a mirror beforehand. I'm Amelia Yeager. Indeed, said the Chancellor. I'm here to take you to the lodge to see your friend, Sophia. Please do get in. Amelia ducked into the car. The interior was oddly smooth and featureless. Amelia suddenly realized that there was no steering wheel. Chancellor Hallow clearly noticed her surprise and smiled again, this time genuinely. I've got a friend in Volkswagen, she said. He lets me try out some things. Amelia nodded, unable to shake the feeling that Chancellor Hallow was feeding off the fact that she was obviously impressed. Presently, Hallow turned her attention to a small dashboard in front of her and pressed a glowing button. With a click and a whir, the door which Amelia had entered by folded back down and shut with a clunk. All sound from the outside world ceased immediately. Emilia could hear her own breathing, echoing off the car's sleek interior. Shall we head off then? Patricia asked. Emilia was about to respond when someone else did. Felix, from a speaker somewhere in the car's dashboard. Certainly, Mum. The car immediately began to trundle forward along the dirt road. Picking up speed, Hallow's car began to kick up a trail of dust behind it, heading steadily towards the mountains ahead, looming in the distance like the teeth of some massive creature.